Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For I, some reason. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Kristen Stuttered. Hello, and Kristen. I am on one. Let's you, yeah? do this. Yeah, I'm in a great mood. I don't know. You're full of Taco Bell. <laughs> you outed me <laughs> yeah, immediately. immediately. Yeah. I had Taco Bell on my way here, and I texted Joe because I was stuck in the drive-thru. No one needed to know that, and now everyone knows I it. I think it's going to be the necessary context that will uh, enlighten everyone for what is about to transpire. Very excited for our guest here today. Uh, recording artist, singer-songwriter. Uh, you might know him as the lead singer of the band Savage Garden, Darren Hayes. Thank you. For, what was the segue between drive-through and me? There was none. I there love that. A, okay, yeah. so there was no no off ramp. Oh yeah, absolutely. That. There was a perpendicular. Just, it, was a, it was a hard left. I was <laughs> like, I <laughs> love this. It. You're going to connect fast. Well, I guess yeah. I was like, I how is he going to do it? No. no fast food. I would never. No, he would never attempt to make it make sense. Because that would be r- rude. So you got here on time. No, I will. Well, I was uh, I was going to be early, and then I got trapped in the Taco Bell drive-through. Okay. I couldn't move forward. I could not move backwards, and nothing was happening for a very long time. I texted Joe from the Taco Bell drive-through, and I thought I would never have to talk about it again. No, me neither. I mean, I thought just mentioning Taco Bell would be like a fun little uh, nugget. At but the then guests would like pick up on that yeah. and just keep hammering home. And here to we it. go. Gold here. There's nothing to wow. mind in this. This isn't even a bit. It's Incredible. Just great. <laughs> uh, Darren, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, That's okay. What? It's pride. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably uh, qualified to help here, Joe. It's okay. Feelings it's, are feelings. Yeah. Skin is skin. I married a woman and now I'm still gay. So. Incredible. There you go. Wow. So much information. Mm-hmm. Mostly uh, Taco Bell stuff for Kristen Joe, and then uh, for Joe Darren a whole life. This question. <laughs> What did? What do you need to Sorry, know? Sorry, Joe. What, the, was, what, what do you, you need curious to, about? Yeah. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. Oh my God. 
it's a of all the interesting things I we've know. talked about. Now we have to talk about the rock and roll. Uh, we're really going to slam the brakes on on the fun conversation. <laughs> who as, asked who asked who to do this podcast oh when God. you guys made this? Honestly, I don't the know. worst truth of it all is that I said that we should do a podcast. It was uh, akin to a vision board, right? No. You wrote down something that you manifested. That <laughs> Absolutely feels... not. Yeah. No. Yeah. You no. wrote down. I did say I should do a podcast and I thought that it would be fun to do one with you. It... And then I was like, what does Joe know anything about? Anything. That's a great right. choice of word. Rude. Yeah. Um, and... I swear you wrote something down on a piece of paper and I and I and now I challenge you to find it. <laughs> because this is something that you told me. You were like, I don't know, is it like an artist's way kind of thing? Oh, to in like... the artist's way. Okay, that is true. Wow. God, this yeah. is like you know this, how Michael Jackson wrote so he wanted wild. to sell a hundred million copies of Thriller on a mirror. Uh-huh. One day, this little piece oh of paper gosh. with the mood board vision wish of Joe. <laughs> no one is <laughs> ever allowed to read my morning pages from my brief sojourn into the artist's way. But I, Not, at one would you, point, would you give it? Will you give I, me? At that... one point, I did. I was like just writing out you just write whatever you literally write whatever you don't have to write anything that you want it's not me manifesting it's just journaling yeah i was just journaling and i was like i think having a podcast would be a good thing for me to do and then i wrote a list of people who i thought it might be fun to have a podcast with and joe was on it i was third you probably were (laughs) you probably were yeah you're lucky uh, you made the list. Damn. And now we made this podcast. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have the lead singer of Savage Garden here with us, and we're talking about no. Taco Bell in my stupid, we are. way. Darren, I want to know yeah, uh, sorry. what you like are coming into this in terms of your knowledge about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because it's a bizarre institution that is on the periphery for a lot of people. Yeah. And like, is this something you've even paid attention yeah, to? Yeah, weirdly, lots and not at all. It's such a strange mm-hmm. thing, because... so. Okay, just a little context. I'm 47 and I was 26 or 27 when my Savage Garden thing happened. And on the way over here, I was thinking, because I've done so much stuff that no one's ever heard of since. But the funny thing is that was 20 years ago that that band broke up, right? Mm -hmm. So in Australia, we have a similar thing that you've never heard of called the ARIA Hall of Fame, right? Which is the Australian Record Industry Awards, like Mm -hmm. the Canadian whatever. It's nothing to be... Are they like the Grammys? Yeah, it's our Grammys. It's like the... I don't know. What are are the Canadian ones? I don't know. Oh, yeah. The booties. No, I I know. But every now and then it comes up where they want to... Juno is the... Thank you. The Junos. And every now and then it comes up that they want to <laughs> they want to induct Savage Garden into the Hall of Fame because there's a lot of sort of accolades and things that we achieved that were sort of bizarrely impossible, like crazy, like record mm-hmm. sales and things like that. And you know, like most people, we can't stand each other and haven't seen each other for twenty years. So I do think about this because sometimes it comes up. Yes, where people yeah. want to like talk to us, like, "Hey, you guys should get together." Um, and I have a buddy, Anthony, who's obsessed with the Hall of Fame. And every year, every time the nominees are out, he's always on that tip of like, I can't believe this person. Does he know yeah. about our podcast? We should send him a personal invitation. I'm sure he does. He might be he's the like only person. <laughs> no, no, no. He's like a for. rock and roll guy. And he's he's like probably your age, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and he's into rock music. And it's strange that we're friends. But yes, I do think about it. I do know about it. Um it's bizarre because I always feel like if you get inducted, it's almost like 
you're dead. You're done. Thank yeah. you. You're done. Yeah. Because yeah. and and a lot of times it's true. And I don't want to be inducted, not just because I don't want to die. Not that I'll ever be inducted <laughs> into the Hall of Fame. It could but happen. E- but if, if, but no, if you're thinking of happen. the aria the as aria, something that is feasible. That, and I don't want to, because I'm going to paraphrase something you guys said on the show once, but yes, I listened. Yes. But it is a little bit like, God, you're just kind of turning up to a reunion that no one really wants. Mm-hmm. So often the band is put together for the first time since they hate each other and they're like, oh, I guess we should get this award. And then you get on stage and I sort of feel like no one wants to see that. So Ooh. a lot of the time see, I feel like people don't want to see it and it's very Joe's disappointing. In opinion, sometimes they get together and they're like, oh my God, my dudes, my friends, my pals. It, it's, you see it a lot at these inductions where they they go in with kind of a cynical attitude and then the it's so overwhelming to essentially see your career and your life in front of you packaged very professionally. And they see what effect it's had on people's lives. I mm-hmm. think that's the thing is you can become very... I have always tried not to be attached to any anything like that because when when our band like this is crazy because I feel stupid saying it because I just no one knows who the hell I am generally and I love oh I, I but in general you know what I mean like, mean like I'm not walking a down the street right. there's a, a degree of anonymity that you degree, can appreciate that's very kind of you. <laughs> zero uh, but I I'm Googleable if that makes sense so mm-hmm. there's things that I've done in in my life that like the band sold. I don't know, something like almost 30 million albums. You wouldn't know that just looking at me or some of the, um, like the radio um, statistics and things associated with the band. But my whole life beyond that, I mean, God, I've gone through the Groundlings program. I've had podcasts. I've, yeah. So all of my friends are like UCB people or Groundlings people. That's so amazing. Yes, and it's it's crazy. So like I have this kind of weird... um, I don't even know where I was going before, but this weird appreciation for my career in terms of like what it it gave me. But I also have that inside track of like, I don't know, I kind of understand. Like I've done classes with kids, right? And I mean like kids, like 25-year-olds who mm-hmm. once, like maybe at the end of a, a term, they might be like, oh my God, I just realized who you were. And then they'll be like, I masturbated to you. And I'll be like, yes! thank you <laughs> for yes! telling me this Good is God. really weird. But then I deal with their grief of people like, oh my God, what happened to you? Like you're dead. Oh my like, God. Right, yeah. Like what happened to you? Or, They're talking to a ghost. Right. Or like, how come you guys are not together anymore? And the reality is it's like, I liken it to my situation was like, you know, like, Imagine if your first girlfriend or boyfriend at school, right? Presuming this is a heteronormative uh, uh, situation, it can be. But imagine you, the first person you had a relationship with, you had a kid with, Mm -hmm. and then you broke up. So I love my kid. Uh It's an awesome kid, but I fucking hate its parent. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I haven't hung out with that person for 20 years. And so the idea of like being on stage with them, it's very tempting when people say, we should induct you or whatever. Yeah, it's like the kid is graduating, you know, you got to post for photos together. You have to be there. You want to be there for the kid. So I always try to be very respectful of our child, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, I have not seen your dad in a long time. Yeah, you know what I mean? that is such an excellent analogy. I just thought of it driving over here. I was wow. like, well, how can I? You heard it here first. Mm. I think we're going to reference that in the future. But some people aren't like that. Some bands are, see, we didn't stick together. Some bands are, you see them when they're finally inducted and it's a celebration. But mm-hmm. imagine if Fleetwood Mac were inducted right now. Oh, yeah, that would be, that would be very contentious. Yes. Could, can Lindsay sing? 
Who knows? I don't know yet. It would be, if I may, thrilling ah, to watch. Wouldn't see it? How, to see how that would go down. Lindsay, get over here. I have a Stevie story. Do you know I once met Stevie? I, I'm obsessed with Stevie Nicks, mm-hmm. right? And I met her backstage once because I was working with this guy called Rick Knowles. And Rick is a really successful songwriter who produced Stevie's solo record. Um, Belladonna? Well, that I was wish. G- that was no. Jimmy Iovine. <laughs> I'm like, that's the only... She she said uh, the name... She said little. the words Belladonna... Probably During her speech. She, she said the word Belladonna and she said the word girl uh, <laughs> probably 10 times. All of her, her lyrics speech. are so great because they're just like, and she walk, it's, oh, it's like, Stevie, we know it's you. You know, everything's <laughs> like, and she turns on the TV yeah. and she opens a fridge, but she has a way of making it poetic. Anyway, yes. Rick Knowles went to school with her. He did the record uh, Rock a Little with her, which was a huge hit. And then he went on to do all these Belinda Carlisle things. Now he's like Lana Del Rey, but uh, really, really successful producer. And he crazily wrote some songs with me once but he got me backstage and I met Stevie and she's one of the only people that ever knew who I was and she'd made a beeline across across the room because I'd sung backing vocals on a song of hers that never got released oh wow wow and uh, so she makes this beeline across the stage backstage in England she comes over to me and she just says never break up a band and I was like what she goes do you think I don't hate She's like, a good Stevie. Yeah. She's like, do you think I don't hate Lindsay? She's like, oh my God, that's your insurance. Never break up the band. And I was like, I didn't. He threw me under a bus, so I don't know. Sorry. That's the thing. And then she left wow. and that was Stevie Nicks. I love that also. Do you guys want to talk about something? <laughs> is really paying off. That is an excellent impression of Stevie Nicks. Yeah, she, she really came to life uh, through Thank your you. instrument. Wait, so she was mad at you because the band She had is up. like Elton John. She's one of those career artists that when they see like uh, younglings that's a deep cut star wars reference and i hate the prequels she i do uh only because they never put me in them but no and they're terrible um they're terrible uh they're about the government and taxing um stevie stevie uh is like a grandma to everyone so mm-hmm. she'll give you advice. Yeah, she just gives mother. everyone. Yeah, yeah. thank we were you. Really God. feeling that vibe from her at the, at induction. the induction. Yeah, she. I mean, she was rambling and really giving a lot of advice. And she was talking about how she's like t- giving advice to the Hyam girls and yeah. all the people. Like blah blah blah. Never break up. A, she just never so, break up a band. So and she's so right. And she kind of said that in her induction. She said speech. it in her induction. She speech was like, too. "There's a way to be solo and keep the band, and you have to do this." And I'm going to lay it all out. And we're like, "Why are you laying it out?" <laughs> she was doing it like instructions, and, and it was, we were. Well, like, she might need to listen to that speech again. Yeah, yeah. she might. Do you know? I love you? her so much, but I love Lindsay so much. Yeah, and they I think did, it's they really, did him dirty. They did him dirty. They did. Yeah. Well, and he's a you know. He's a difficult. powerhouse and a difficult person. Yeah, but do you think Stevie wouldn't be? She's an actual witch. Oh yeah, yeah. you yeah. know. I'm, I think they all. I think those two in particular. Yeah. I got to imagine my my guess is that Christine is a dream. Yeah, uh, I bet that she's she just real. she's secretly maybe she's the most talented. Like she just you know she does her thing without being having to be front and center. But she's got. As many good songs as the as the rest of them, I, I would say, arguably. I wish this uh, was video. You can imagine if there's an argument. She's the sort of person that does this. You can maybe describe it. But you know, when someone's having an argument and you ask their opinion and they just go, yeah, yep, throw up the hands, throw up the hands in the air, kind she of walk back away, away from mm-hmm. it slowly. I don't want to get involved. Yeah, right. she's the, she's Christine. the lowest drama of the on the Fleetwood Mac scale. She is a one. 
mm-hmm. you know, of, I think for that's, drama. That's accurate. Yeah. But it is a good thing. Never break up a band. I mean, it's kind of a stupid, like it's like breaking out of, of a group can be very difficult, uh, especially a duo. Like, I don't know. Wham. Wham? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> See, remember how he made that hard Off- left earlier? <laughs> this, so this, fucking this smart. Is, more of the ease in. A, We're going to transition. A soft on ramp. Oh my God. I've just spoken about myself so much and we're on a podcast to talk about George Michael on That'll Pride the Day. the second half of the show. <laughs> wow, we, we are... are that's s- how it, the first half is you. This is a hate you. crime, though. No way. No way. It works on both. It works. Yeah, George was... Did Andrew... I don't know that Andrew did anything, though, in the band. Um, I would love to... Because I would love to be like, oh, the other guy in my band was just so talentless. He wasn't. He was very talented. Yeah. But I don't know that Andrew did much. I, I think he was involved... Man, I mean, I'm fully... Guessing, Sorry, I think he was involved in some songwriting and the creative direction of the band. I don't, and I, on occasion singing during the chorus with George, <laughs> but maybe not. I don't think so. Yeah, bopping around. He was his best buddy. I think he played a bit yeah. of guitar, so mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, what about George Michael? Uh, why did you choose him? Because that is the artist for today. Well, like most um, white musicians, most of my career is stolen from black culture. Mm-hmm. And George was one of those um, blue-eyed soul type singers. I think when I was a kid, uh, George was one of the few white people that I loved, actually. Mm Because I just remember being... I used to listen to a lot of um, Motown records, not because I'm cool, Mm -hmm. but because we were poor. So we couldn't afford pop records. Wait, Motown records were cheaper than pop records? Because they were hand-me-downs, yeah. Oh, interesting. interesting. So what I mean is, yeah, so my yeah. aunt and my mom used to listen to a lot of um, like Marvin Gaye and... Oh, Dino. I see what you mean. They were yep. records that were in the house yeah. because you your parents yeah, had them. Yeah. So that's yeah. what we had that I could play that and listen to and I loved a lot of sort of soul music. And then I obviously, because I was alive, I loved Michael Jackson. And George Michael was an accident because my mom... We were, we were quite poor, like most people, I think, uh, in the 70s. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but... Um, the Grammys were on. It was 1998, and I was taping them, and we had a VHS recorder that we 1998. Wore. 1988. Okay, <laughs> I was like, After, this. Uh, is, yeah. I was like, I remember listening to you <laughs> in. in I wish it, it was 19. It was 1988, <laughs> right? Go. So I'm right. a massive Michael Jackson fan. It's a year after Bad has been released, and I'm expecting Bad to just sweep the Grammys, just like sure. Thriller did. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, it didn't. But um, I can't believe I did the spoiler thing. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I once got into trouble. Yeah, we'll edit that out. I got into trouble in a Groundlings class once for calling a sketch a skit. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, but honestly, that those people are too up their own ass. Thank you. Get mad at you for saying skit instead of sketch. Thank you. Like yeah. honestly, it's all frivolous bullshit. Thank yes. you. Great. Even though comedy's so much better than music. Uh, so I asked, I asked my mom if I could, if she could please get a blank tape because I needed to tape this historic moment where Michael Jackson was going to sweep the ground. Yeah. is going to. Mm-hmm. And there's still, t- she's alive. I'm talking about her like she's dead, but this still breaks my heart about her generosity. So we didn't have a lot of money, but she went to the store and some salesman upsold her on some needlessly expensive video cassette that had like chrome dioxide or something mm-hmm. on there. I don't know. Oh. It was some really expensive brand. And she also bought me Faith by George Michael. Mm-hmm. And I was not a fan. 
Interesting. And I didn't have the heart to tell her. I was like, oh, I kind of broke my heart that she'd. Yeah. And I knew that this and man. She's had, like, this said Michael on it. And I, I know, know you like I Michael know. Jackson. So but you I know what? You. Michael didn't win all the Grammys, but I listened to that record and I was like, fucking hell, this man. Like, I'd, I'd sort of dismissed Wham, ironically, mm-hmm. as like a savage garden. Uh, and yet, <laughs> he was a genius. And I, yeah. that's how I got into a lot of pop music and. Um, I don't know, just um, the remixes of songs on that record as well um, were, were incredible. Um, and his voice and just Kissing a Fool was like a jazz song that he sang. And like, yeah. I would never have listened to music like that, but I started impersonating him and singing like him. And so that's how I got into George. So, so I, I love him now. really yeah. young in the late 80s, but we... Um, I, but I remember Faith. Like, mm-hmm. I remember the album cover oh, with the butt, so huge. with jeans, the butt with the jeans on it oh and the like um the usually guitar we're, usually we're jeans the guitar go. and a bandana hanging out of the jeans the or something like that the video was straight and the up the video for faith but, oh my god well what's wild is so we didn't have cable yet at this point maybe or we moved a lot i was also very poor <laughs> um, but um I remember there was like a Friday afternoon video show that they would show like five videos, like five full music videos. And you could write in to request, you could write a letter into request. And I wrote them a letter requesting George Michael's faith. And I gave it to my mom and I don't think she ever even put it in an envelope, but like, and that's why they never played (laughs) it. That's Mm -hmm. why they never played. But I like, I loved George Michael when I was like little marketing genius. Yeah. Like the way he just went, there was something about the band where he decided it's hilarious now. Cause if you look at older interviews, he talks about how, you know, that's a grown up image. It was hilarious. It was his butt. Uh Yeah. He was, and he was always destroying his image all the way through his Mm -hmm. career. So Wham was like, I have to destroy that. Now I'm going to be a serious songwriter and here's my bum. And I'm going to be dancing this video. And he just essentially took Elvis, which was, which was extraordinary. And then he, he wrote all those songs and, um, on his own and, uh, we realized, oh my God, this guy's this incredible vocalist. And then later on, like he, then he burned down Faith. Yeah. Do you remember that? He's, yeah. He into just, Freedom 90 right? Into video. Freedom 90. Destroyed oh my that gosh. video. And he like actively the- would comment on his image, like as he was doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. I have so, I mean, I don't want to, because I was signed to the same, la- same label. Mm-hmm. And oh. it was very, when I became a solo artist, this is hilarious and laughable. Yesterday I went to the, um, the Henson Studios to see Pop It Up, you know, that uh, oh, sure. improv oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And they have this massive conference room in there and it flashed me back to the, those days in major record labels where they would do conference calls. And we had one about my image and they, <gasps> had, and they had faith on the wall. Like it was this blown up thing and they had the whole image of George and his face and his facial hair and he had an ear and he had a cross right yeah Mm -hmm. and they were like oh we need to get down this one iconic thing you know and they made me if you look at this my first ever solo (laughs) single was called insatiable and the men (laughs) and the record label all danced on a table for me and they're like you're gonna win a grammy you're gonna like it was this whole thing like and they but they decided that i was gonna be george michael they just thought Wham, George, Savage Garden, Darren. Mm-hmm. Not oh a great gosh. name. Not a great no. first name. Just as a, you know what I mean? Like it sounds uh-huh. like as a, solo a cousin. Artist, were you just your name? No, I was Darren Hayes, which sounds like a plumber. Oh. And that is my name. So yeah, no, mm-hmm. really sexy yeah. name yeah. there. Thanks for that, mum. 
Um, I was named after the the gay dads in Bewitched. All of the actors were named Darren and two or three of them were gay. But (laughs) anywho, they sat there and I remember having a screaming match with the marketing department going, I'm pretty sure George Michael came up with that fucking earring himself. What did um, they want you to have? I ended up wearing a gold necklace with a little cross on it. Oh my God. You'll see it's a little thing and they made me have a record company mandated hairstyle because my hair is kind of wavy and, and whatever and they made me blow dry it straight. Wow. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 then when I danced, <laughs> I danced in my first ever music video and everybody freaked the fuck out because you could clearly see that I was gay. And they were like, oh. The hips don't lie. That, for, for real. And it was like this Elvis Presley thing. And they went, there was this thing. It was just like, don't not, let not him. Can't dance. And I was thinking, this is the same label that, you know, had George Michael. But then yeah. I guess he went to war with them. So, well, over his also image. Also, over his Well, and... Because he wouldn't be in videos. Was this and Sony? 100%, yeah, Columbia Records. Yeah. 100% when I was young, like, he was, like, a straight, like, he was, like, eye candy for women. Like, w- like Faith oh, was, yeah, like. yeah, right. And he, I remember. In tiny little pink shorts. Yes. Well, I remember, I remember the I Want Your Sex video. I remember that song. I remember how embarrassing it was to like, I remember I have a very vivid memory of being like maybe six years old in the car and the song starts and my mom cranks it. My mom is cool. She was young, but my mom cranks it and it it starts. Exactly. It starts. And I turned to my mom and I was like, do you know what this is? I was like, you don't want to be listening to it this loud. And she's like, oh, come on. And the song starts. Exactly. The song starts. And my mom does this thing where she breaks at stoplights in time to the music sometimes. Like weird and maybe dangerous. She makes the lights flash. No, like, like, like as she's like pulling, yeah, like slowly, like, you know, she's already come to a stop, but she'll like stop a little bit more as she's going to the rhythm rhythm of the song. She used to do it a lot when I was, a kid Mm -hmm. my mom is my mom is fun she's fun (laughs) she is fun and uh she starts like breaking in time to i want your sex and i oh my god mortified i'm like six or seven was she she leaning into it once oh she was like totally i thought there's gonna be a story where she didn't know that was no she 100 was like relax i wish you guys could even knew like the cultural significance too because you're too young to even realize so you're a child and you're like oh my god people talking about sex but even as a teenager I was 17, I think, or 16, 17. And when he said pornography, it was so filthy. Like, it was like, pornography. I was like dripping with STDs. It was Mm -hmm. just so like, oh, my God. And it was so outrageous that he was saying, um, you know, sex is best when it's one on one. It was this whole thing of like (laughs) two people having sex. Yeah. But it was so controversial because he was talking about sex when AIDS was a huge yeah. big deal. And mm-hmm. his whole thing was like, yeah, but I'm saying safe sex. And I'm saying monogamous. like, yeah. just one person. Well, and in the video, he writes safe writing. sex in Monogamy. lipstick it's on monogamy. a woman. Yeah. 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 I remember that music video as well. His I think he had to eventually he had me. to do before that video he had to like have a thing yeah he, there he used said, to be a little a warning almost, like warning like, before it on when they would show it on MTV would he, like, it would be uh, would it be him talking or would it be like almost just like a flash like a text. like an MPAA? I don't know but there was there, I just there is a warning where he's like yeah. se- this is about uh, monogamous sex and safe sex and yeah not the about, fun kind yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not promiscuity 
and it isn't good. It's like the Michael uh, Jackson thing. Remember before Thriller, it was like, I just want you guys to know I do not endorse the occult. Oh, yes. <laughs> just yes, so you know. I do. Oh, my God. I mean, at that time, it, I think there there's a radio edit that's I want your love. Oh, my God. I want your yeah. love. Yeah. <laughs> so he's rhyming love with love. He's just saying love all the time. I want your love. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Love. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. But I've always been fascinated by... I mean, I just, he, he was so private too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just his, I mean, we could go on, but his, um, he helped me come out definitely because it's like, I was thinking like, ha- I hate it when people say that to gay people, like you come out and they go, uh, oh, we knew I'm like, good for you. Whatever. Right. Yeah. What I, is that really saying? Yeah, yeah. What it really says is I hated myself and I wanted to die, but thank you for telling me because you could have helped me. <laughs> Thanks but for anywho, noticing my misery. Thank yeah. you. But George, obviously he really struggled with you know, that whole, and being signed to the same label, sorry, Stevie yeah. Nicks lamp, um, being signed to the same label, I understand why, because there was a fuck well, ton I'm of sure homophobia there. One, I'm, I'm sure that the pressure to, like, look heterosexual and mm-hmm. act hetero and fucking sell that image was mm-hmm. just like... An, but he started, he started coming out in his lyrics, and mm-hmm. that's, I kind of did the same thing. Uh, and... Uh, because you stop using uh, female pronouns, mm-hmm. and I was confessing, and he, and I realized. I mean, I listened to his records. There's a song called "The Strangest Thing" on the album "Older," and it's the sexiest song. And he's just talking about. He says, um, <laughs> "This sounds so funny," but he says, "Please, please make love to me." Um, send love through me Heal me with your crime You're the only one who ever knew me And we've wasted so much time crime. And I remember hearing that as a kid And I heard the regret in his voice And I thought, oh my god And what we didn't know was His first relationship ever with a man Was with uh, Anselmo, right. his partner And Anselmo, when George sang At that massive Freddie Mercury tribute mm-hmm. Anselmo was dying of AIDS and it was the love of George's life. And here he was, the biggest pop star in the world. And his heart was breaking. Did you know that? No, about- yeah. I it was a did secret. not. It, it was, was a also secret. a thing that he couldn't share he with He couldn't anybody. tell anyone. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. And so I think as a songwriter, that's why I give him so much kudos because I said kudos. Can you edit that out? Um, <laughs> I'm going to actually make it louder. Yeah. Kudos. I'm going to put echo in cool, 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 yeah. cool, 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 cool. Every time the word Taco Bell or kudos or spoiler is kudos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and so he he leaned into all of that. So like he was just so sad and like George's sadness through his records. I think of him as being incredibly melancholy. That's what yes. I think of. That's the artist that I relate to and I give him so much like songwriter credit for that. God. And now I'm just thinking about, I mean, we are about to, we're probably going to get into your uh, categories, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm just yeah, like, I'm, I'm already getting excited to talk about iconic songs. <laughs> I'm like, cannot yes. wait. I'm like in my head thinking, I'm like, wow, father figure that mm-hmm. video and also it, for me i'm going to talk about hey spoiler alert um i'm going to talk about every music video of his sure. that i, I can mean, that's remember a part of, that's which a part is of the whole all package. of them yeah. and like that was it was so formative for me growing up watching mtv as much as i did like george michael his image i did not know i also did not know that he was in wham because i was like I only was introduced to him through faith. And Mm -hmm. I remember my aunt telling me, she was like, do you like George Michael? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, literally. Let me me turn you on to the good stuff. I'm not (laughs) kidding. She goes, 
and she put in a cassette tape. I was like, you know, very young. And she put on a cassette and I was like, what is this? And she's like, this is George Michael. I was like, this is not George Michael. But it was Wham. <laughs> Everything you want. Everything she wants. That was a good Wham song that sounded like a George Michael song. To Ooh, me. I can't think of how that sounds. Uh, somebody told me. Oh, I do know it together. Yeah. You guys, this is good. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys gonna do it? I was, being, I was being Ridgely. I'm the Ridgely. <laughs> I think. No, I think uh, it's great. Uh, well, I mean, towards the end of Wham, it really started to blend because "Careless Whisper" was released as a George Michael single, but is on a Wham album. Whoa. Yeah, so it's when it comes time to induct George Michael, you don't because of the distinction, it would not include the Wham stuff because it's a separate entity. They don't do that. They don't do a two for one kind of thing of like, we'll, we'll just do it all together. That you know, we'll, I think they should. I'm like put in Wham, just imagine do it, if they who made cares? Andrew induct George but they didn't include Wham. Yeah. They would just, I think, not bring up Andrew. Yeah, I think they would. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, because, you know, some artists are inducted twice, like Stevie Nicks was inducted solo and with Fleetwood Mac. So yeah. there is a distinction, but I do feel like when it would come time for one of them to be considered, it would be George Michael and not Wham. And, but people would kind of assume some of the better Wham stuff is kind of involved in that induction. And someone would probably sing um, Freedom. The first Freedom. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. I reckon. That was the Farewell Wham single. Oh, is that why Freedom single. 90 is 90? Yeah. I love this. Oh, I did In keeping with my that. comedy experience of Los Angeles, I'm always the oldest person in the room. It's great. <laughs> yes. Freedom 90. I didn't know. I didn't know. I just thought he was... Just down with the year. <laughs> it, no, it was it was for uh, yeah ca- cataloging purposes that he wrote that he did with Wham. And d- d- it didn't sound like the no. one that we totally all know different. And song. Very different. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Darren, there are as Kristen mentioned, I have these categories that I think if you do well in them, you have a good chance of being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame doesn't really they don't say what their criteria is for mm. induction. 25 years after your first recording, but then after that, it's kind of anyone's uh, guess. So after the break, we are going to go through these categories and see if George Michael uh, has the stuff to get into the hall. We'll be right back. Good God. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a nice break. We watched videos on our break. Videos that I'll share on our Twitter feed. So good. Yes. I loved them. I double liked them. Of, uh, yeah, me dancing to the, the work. Tiny the Joe. Little yeah. Joe. Little little Joe, short hair, no beard. Just a, just a wee lad. Yeah, it was just a few years ago, but you really do look like a different like person. A fully different person. <laughs> like Yeah, there have been people uh, who I've had to re-meet. Like people who are on acquaintance level, who I then had to be like, "It's me." Remember? From yeah, before? it's almost like you're the Chris Christopherson version of that Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like if someone just yeah. decided to, to star as born you, like, right? <laughs> or if, I, or you could say I'm the castaway <laughs> version of myself. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's go through these categories and talk about George Michael. Over the break, I hope you, our listeners, uh, watched a video that you liked too. I hope it made you happy. Yeah, we we hope we like to uh, we like to suggest I like to things. Send them a wish. We suggest things after the fact. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of what we do during for the break. Uh, and remember, when we're when we're doing these categories for George Michael, we are doing it for George Michael, not for Wham. 
Wham does okay. not count, but Careless Whisper can because <laughs> it it is the only double only uh, in America though. Is that right? That was a marketing thing in America. It was a marketing thing. Yeah. Interesting. But yes, continue. In, in terms of it, the single being released oh, as a George okay. Michael solo. As George solo. Michael solo. Yeah. Okay. Critical acclaim is the first category. Ooh. Is this going to be a... Sem- oh, it's not like... It's going to be he certainly not a wasn't. Strongie. I wouldn't call George Michael a critical darling, but I do think he was respected. He wasn't trashed by critics by any means. His album, Listen Without Prejudice, was a critical smash. Is that volume one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is volume. I don't I think there was ever no, any. No, he got volumes. dropped. It, well, he, that he went to but war. But it was called yeah. "Listen Without Prejudice" Volume One. Yeah, because it was a volume called two. Volume yeah, One. I'm That's like, what I'm just I saying. I remember yeah. that being mm-hmm. a thing. Okay, but there was never a volume two. No. Okay. No. Uh, but I think I think critical claim. I think yeah, it does well. But uh, yeah, later on, probably as he's getting more angry with his label, the critics perk up a little bit. I they think like, certainly in comparison to Wham. Yeah. George Michael's uh, solo career was more critically acclaimed. I think Wham! was kind of dismissed as like a almost teeny bopper kind of thing. Do you know what's funny? I'm forgetting in this country because you know how... Because um, I lived in... I'm Australian, but I lived in... Uh, my husband is British, so I lived in England for 10 years. And you know how there are different... There's different perceptions of pe- of people culturally. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. over there, George, the whole sort of uh, being arrested and sex scandal thing... In this country, I forget that that really did kind of um, oh, pun- yeah. puncture him it and make him sort of a tabloidy. Deal here, but it he, wasn't like yeah. that in England. He was kind of a punchline. Absolutely, in America. yeah. But whereas, so that probably would affect the critical acclaim thing. But in mm-hmm. England, he was considered like George Michael, like one of the like like a, the top one of the top songwriters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he was considered an incredible songwriter, and all of that sort of standard stuff that he did later on. Like he did this, he did an album called oh, Symphonica, yeah. right? And he's done duets with like Tony Bennett, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and did that record um, songs from the uh, end of the century, right? Right. So he proved that he could. Uh, do essentially what Lady Gaga is doing in yeah. Vegas right now. Mm-hmm. He did that. So uh, the next category is classic albums. So what do we think? Faith, Obvi. Yeah, I think Faith. And do we think he makes any appearances on the Rolling Stone list Ooh. of the top five hundred albums? albums? Fuck yeah, I think Faith is on there. Sure. I think. Well, you were just saying that "Listen Without Prejudice" is the critical darling. But you gotta but, also consider Darren's coming from not an American. Perspective oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I that. so I do. I think Faith. I think Faith could be on there. Five hundred albums. Five hundred albums. Yeah, yeah, I think Faith could be on there, and I think it could be. So Faith, I think is on there. It is. Okay. Yes, and I think it's in the four hundreds. I think we're at four twenty one. On that one. What number out of five hundred do you think the Rolling Stone magazine, Darren? Uh, gave faith. Gave uh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say like 269 because I want to put something sexual yeah, in there. Yeah, very good. Faith came in at 472. Wow, I, you're good I, at this. She's, she's very good. I'm good at this for no reason. It's almost like you have a podcast about <laughs> I, this stuff. I hate <laughs> that. And that is the that is the only George Michael entry in this list. How do I know you I guys expected. are not like that Hollywood psychic though? Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. How do I know you didn't look at this I beforehand? Secretly, yeah, and then guessed fifty off just to keep it. Yeah, keep you on your toes. Just to make it <laughs> just seem be a little like, wrong. Yeah, it's <laughs> believable. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's the one I would say is definitively classic, especially from an American. Is "Listen Without Prejudice" in the top five hundred? No, it was. Dang. Not. Yeah, uh, but Faith. I mean, the tracks on Faith yeah, were so the... huge. Uh, I mean, it was one of those where, like, several number one hits in America off of... I mean, obviously, 
I mean, the first three tracks are Faith, Father Figure, and I Want Your Sex. And then One More Try was a big hit, right? One More Try was and also... How does One More Try go? So the next category is iconic, recognizable songs. I remember kissing of. Oh my God, Monkey. Uh huh. I remember that song. It's a song on about the radio addiction. Monkey lot. went to number one, but Monkey is like you never hear anymore. It's yeah. One oh of my those gosh. Songs. Well, it is such an '80s song. Yeah. There's no. It is so of its time. It's, it's, it's been lost. It's got a weird like computer, not computer breakdown, but it's got a weird like. Uh, I know. I'm obsessed like, with it. <laughs> You know what's yeah. so it's sad? I sometimes play that song to younger people and say, does this sound 80s to you? Because I can't tell anymore. <laughs> oh, to me it sounds so, so 80s. It is so 80s. 80s. It's like got that kind of like, it's like got a pop craft work part of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like a little breakdown in it. Like, I listened to that song potentially for the first kid. time today. Who is the, um, on the... There's a remix on there. I forget the person's name. Really famous remix artist in the 80s, but he did like a remix of Hard Day. Yeah, Shep Pettibone. Shep Pettibone. Shep right, Pettibone. so Shep ended up going on that? to write Vogue with Madonna. Okay. So in the 80s, a lot of those remixes were a Shep Pettibone remix. He was a DJ and he did all these club versions and he, a lot of radio mixes, so they would take these big records that were up to like their fourth or fifth single and they would get Shep to do a remix for radio. And the, so a lot of the hits that Shep you... It. you <laughs> we got to Shep it, all right? Call we got to Shep it. We're going to need to Shep the shit out of this. we got to Shep uh, this And one, Monkey guys. had an amazing Shep Pettibone remix that was the music video and things that people know. So. Ma- really? Mm-hmm. I remember it being on the radio. <laughs> yeah. I loved Again, it. No- somehow like, number one. Yeah. I mean, the, the songs I that went to that number one, song. I Want Your Sex went to number two, Faith went to number one, Father Figure went to one, One More Try went to one, Monkey went to number one, and then Kissing a Fool went to number five. Yeah, I remember all of those songs. Can I ask a question just to go, go back to Wham real fast? Please. What's What were those Choose Life shirts about? Um, were they like anti-suicide shirts? What was going on here? It, it, I would be shocked if they were pro-choice. If they were if they're pro-life. If they were, yeah, anti-choice. In the abortion is The, the way sense. that we like to say it is anti-choice. Right, of course. Um, uh, I'm going to give you what I'd call a Darren fact, which is a lie. I don't uh-huh. know. But I've always believed that it was actually just this, um, it was somewhat anti-drugs, I think. Okay. Oh, I, think. I mean, I mean, it was so strange. They were. I just remember seeing that music video as a child, and it was like right in the. It was like we were really in the midst of some major ass culture wars at that point and stuff. And I remember like choose life being a very big, uh, like anti-choice slogan. There's two things the I wish. I America. wish that there was like a podcast we could listen to where people knew this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and also if like we had, I don't know, like devices. Some sort of information Yeah, if only portal. we could find that out. <sighs> yeah, but I, unfortunately we don't. Nope. Here's how I feel about the iconic songs with George Michael is that some of these songs went to number one, but they have not withstood the test of time like Monkey. And I would actually throw one (laughs) one more try in there as well. A song you don't really hear that much in the wild anymore. But I would say Father Figure. I 
would say faith, faith maybe more than the any most. of them. Well, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. I know not everybody has got a body like you. Huh? Freedom 90. We can count Careless Whisper, even though it is yes. uh, technically a Wham song, but it is, you know, it goes both ways. And then I Want Your Sex. And I think that's, in terms of the songs we still hear and songs that everybody knows, even if they weren't around at that time, just songs that people hear still. Yeah. Like they're in movies. They're in commercials. Like, it's, you can be in fucking Walmart and hear those songs. No. Did you guys know the history of um, Careless Whisper? Like, when he wrote that? It's like an early one for One him, of the right? first songs he ever wrote. What? Yeah. And it's crazy that... I, as you were saying those songs, I think like that's probably the most classic song he's ever written mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of song songcraft. Um, and he wrote that when he was like seventeen, I think. Isn't come that crazy? On. Mm-hmm. No, come on. And then I'd also say that some of the songs that have endured are renditions of songs that weren't his yeah I think, like like limp biscuits rendition of faith <laughs> i mean him doing don't let the sun go down on me with live with John. Don't let your sun go down on me. I love <laughs> that song. I, and then his his rendition of Somebody to Love with Queen. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, to me is as close as anyone got mm-hmm. to Freddie Mercury. Oh, somebody, 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 somebody Joe, have I ever told this story about my grandma and Elton John? On this podcast? I don't think so. Okay. My grandma had two albums in her car. One was uh, Dr. John, uh, two CDs in her car. And one was a Dr. John CD, and the other one was Elton John's Greatest Hits. Dr. John? Dr. John. He's a Creole uh, music artist. This week? Last week? He passed away this week. He passed away this week. Yes. Right. Sorry. Um, 2011 inductee. And my, but one morning I was, I went into work with my grandma one time when I was like 11 or 12 and we just sat in the, we got into the parking lot. We were listening to don't let the sun go down on me, the duet between Elton John and George Michael. And my grandma parked the car and we were like going to get out and she goes, let's just stay in and listen to the rest of the song. And I always will that like version. And my grandma was homophobic. So it's like (laughs) incredibly ironic that she was just like, and she just, she just turns to me and she's like voice of an angel. I tell you. 
Oh, yeah. So did she I, know he was gay at the time? I'm. I mean, I think that my grandma knew that both Elton John and George Michael were gay. Oh no, no, was, Elton. That's just an act with Elton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. My grandma always thought that it was okay for guys to be gay. She understood that, but she could not understand women being gay. We didn't need to go into it. There wasn't a good story. Let's move on. Next category. Wait, can I? Uh, I do have a question yeah, about George please, Michael, go right which ahead. was. I'm sure we have the answer. What happened? So I know there was all this drama with his record label. Like, listen without prejudice was like he was mad at Sony. Yes. Well, when he recorded that, uh, listen without prejudice was more in that title was in reference to the fact that he was charting on the R&B charts and he was a like one of the only white people if not the straight up only white person who was doing well in the R&B charts and winning award R&B awards and people were getting like Gladys Knight for example was kind of pissed like this white guy she swooping in she was pipped yeah <laughs> night night glass night got really a little pipped pipped off yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but she uh and a lot of people thought oh this white boy's swooping into this category that's our category uh and so his idea was you know listen without prejudice like it doesn't matter who's singing these songs like i'm i'm writing these songs i did not but know that but the lawsuit came from the fact that he was so exhausted from the faith promotion and touring uh, and publicity that he didn't want to do that for Listen Without Prejudice and was pretty stubborn about it. Yeah, so, yes. So, uh, and a little bit more to that is that, yeah, he delivered the album and he said, I'm not on the, I'm not on the cover. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't be in... And that's I'm not going to be in any of the music videos. Video. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in any music videos and uh, I'm not touring. And he gave them the record. And and he was like, here, many of these songs are six to seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like... And they freaked the fuck out. And they were the kind of label... <laughs> I had the experience with them where we delivered an album once and they said, there's no hit on this, so... No. Like, we had to go and write another song. And it was a hit, but thank God. But that what was, was it? Uh, it was called I Knew I Loved You Before I Met You. <laughs> Oh, I know that song. Mm-hmm. But they said, there's no hit on here. And we were so angry that we're like, fuck you. We'll write a cynical. Look. And then I started crying when I wrote it. I was like, oh. Yeah. You're like, I did it. You're like, I've done but it. But that's what they were like. And so mm-hmm. they just went, sure, fine, okay. And they had a way of fucking you. And in America, they fucked him. That's like that song Love Song by Sarah Bareilles, which is like I'm her not gonna biggest risk, yeah. hit. And, and it is a fuck you to her yeah. record label who was like, yeah. you need to write her, The lyrics are literally, I'm, I'm not, not going to write you a love song if you, you ask, ask for it. it. Yeah, yeah. You need if one. you say it's make or break. Yeah, which is pretty. And but it's, it's annoying because I think label. a lot of, like, you know this with everything, with everything creative. I think sometimes someone who's a frustrated artist, they always think, I'm going to tell the artist that it's terrible and I'm not going to release it unless I do something more. And they think it's sort of like a weird sort of chicken or the egg thing because who knows yeah i, I think I sometimes mean, it, they decide it work for you 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 but you we <laughs> did it though because we always think that that was the thing that they needed to say oh good we made them write this hit so now we'll go and push this at radio uh-huh. right. who knows it mm-hmm. gave them their little artistic uh, I thing see. and george michael's lawsuit with sony was prolonged and he he lost and then he was going to appeal it 
And so it was ugly. What was the lawsuit? So the lawsuit, they sued him for not promoting the album or he sued for them violating for violating trying- the contract. He, he wanted out of his contract. Okay. Essentially. And they said no. And he was like, this is a constrictive uh, uh, contract and I don't have the freedom that I, I wish for in this. In 1990. Yeah. I, yeah. Let's be I clear. It's Freedom that. 90. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Prince went on to do that. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think thing, of those yeah. two as like the most um, well-known an artist suing their label things of my time. Well, here it is. It's the most fucked up thing in the world. It's slightly changed now, but here it is. It's You get a bank loan. Have you heard this analogy? This is what a record deal used to be. You go to the bank. You get a, So basically, they say to you, here, uh, go and make this record. Here's a million dollars. Uh, and it would cost, say, like one of our records cost, uh, say, $700,000 to record. Mm-hmm. Try and work out how that happens, but it does. Mm-hmm. And then they say, great, we'll give you a million dollars. Here you go. And then uh, when you sell these records, the first million dollars or so that you make, the first $700,000, you will give back to us because we advanced you the money to make that record. You pay the money back, and then you never own the record. What? Ever. They own the masters forever. So it's that a good system. That's what. <laughs> so when somebody like, especially black artists, uh, you know, who were always f- screwed royally with royalties and things like that and their deals, but for someone like Prince, it was that it was this continuation of this this idea that they owned the mm-hmm. artist as a slave in Prince's case, and he would write yeah, it I on, know, his, on I his face. I remember that. I mean, that was very iconic uh, when yeah. he. Cha- I mean, there is a clip of him with Slave written on his cheek, and he says, uh, yeah. thank you, George Michael. Yeah. Oh, wow. But that was, the, that was the old model. So I think in George's case, it was like, you know, and they would charge you for everything. Like back then, music videos were so expensive. They would cost about a million dollars. Um, when you did promotional trips, every single thing, of every piece of promotion that you did was charged to you, just like in the film industry. Um, it was almost, you had to be like, George Michael or Michael Jackson to really earn a ton of money, but it was very, very easy to make it look like a record didn't make money. And then you could certainly never, ever get it back. So even when you paid back the cost of what they spent on you. Yeah. It was a different time. I don't, well, you know, I'm going to say it. I don't like that. I don't think it's good. (laughs) Yeah. It's changed now. I'm looking at the song list for listen, listen without prejudice. And I only recognize the song freedom 90. I think that's probably the one that is, like I said, praying for time. I remember that. And praying for time is a, is a good, almost like John Lennon-y kind of song. Yeah, it's it's in the rest of the world that song's considered to be like um, as as classic as um, uh, "Careless Whisper," but I know in America it was like "Yawn," right? But I love um, it. And then there's also- another track on there that is like a McCartney pastiche. Well, uh, if we're talking about the next category, commercial success, that's like George Michael sold so many records that it's 
he's uh, will always be one of the best-selling artists of all time. Yeah. No one's ever going to hit those numbers ever again. Mm-mm. Uh, if you include Wham, I think it takes it over a hundred million. But what's so weird is that he, his solo career was more successful than Wham, even on the first his first album. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Uh, by, by, oh yeah. But the end of the Faith cycle, he'd sold more records than Wham had, and Wham were massive. Yeah, he he broke out big. Yeah, uh, and in a significant way. The but. It didn't last for as long, especially in America. His his time at the top is kind of a short span. And that's the next category, longevity, which you can look at it in a few ways. Because like 1988 un- until maybe like 91 or so, biggest artist in the world. Solo artist, I think you could... I mean, yeah. obviously Michael's still around and Madonna's still around, but he's up there with him. He is at that... He makes it to that tier mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. uh, success. Uh, and then he has those troubles in the in the '90s, both personal and professional. But when then he kind of comes the, back. When was the bathroom scandal? I think that was mid '90s, mid to late '90s. I want to say it feels. It, it well, feels like it was around the time that I was coming up because I remember it must have been around '98. Or something yeah, because like I remember he did that music video. Um, where everyone's in bath. Was it for Fast Love? Was that no? The- it was a song called Outside. Outside. I hated that video, which is oh, like yeah. his coming out. His like blatantly. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't like it. But he, but he his kind of comeback album was older. Uh, the the album called Older, and it, that was ninety six. But in terms of like kind of peak George Michael career, that's a that's about the. But span. Fast Love was that a big hit in this country? I remember the song Somewhat. Fast Love. Oh, like, so it was I, huge I, I can hear elsewhere. it in my head. Right it's now. A, it's another one that hasn't quite stuck around. Oh dang! Yeah. Next category, innovation influence. Uh, I think he. I don't know if I don't know that I would say he was innovative, but I would say that he was certainly influential. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of artists that have come after him. To me, I'm like, you just can induct the song "Freedom '90." Like that song is so fucking good, and it is just such. A, it is. Um, it is so incisive about the music industry. It is personal about his career. It it's is, got a it's got a year in there. It has got a year. So you're not in confused. There. It's six and a half minutes long, and it's is it really? Yeah, it's That's six great. minutes and thirty seconds. It is a long song. I try to put it on playlists for my dance. There's a lot of really dance. fun things about that record. It was the one of the first records, pop records, that really embraced um, samples. I know hip hop had been doing it forever, but um, there's a lot of James Brown loops on there, and he did the whole record. Uh, with uh, using a lot of loops and stuff and um, soul to soul like dance music uh, like the, you know that soul. song I, I, yes, no back soul to, to soul is a very right. I so love he was obsessed with back to, to life <laughs> he used to when he, he did a tour the cover to cover tour amazing which was just was it cover to cover like soul to soul yeah it was it was cool um, but he would that was just I think it was after the mm-hmm. the second album when they wanted him to tour promoting the album and he was just doing cover songs yeah. for a whole tour. Isn't that and crazy? One of the one of the songs he was doing nearly every show that tour was Back to Life, mm-hmm. which I was when I saw that I was like, What? <laughs> What 
this might be another sort of like I've just imagined this, but I think this might be the case because going back to that album, right? Listen with that prejudice. He said, I'm not on the cover. I'm not being in the videos and I'm not touring it. And they went fine. And then he was like, but then he, they wouldn't promote it the way he wanted. And they had this legal war. So I wonder if the reason he toured playing other people's music, maybe, maybe that was like it was a statement or maybe he wasn't allowed to. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Oh. cause he didn't really, I don't know. I don't know what the set list was of that tour. If he did his own stuff in there. Yeah. I think he would, you know, I think he did some wham songs. Ah, I wow. think he there may have been one or two George Michael songs in there, uh, but there's also like I mean that's where "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me" is from. It's from that tour. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. He also did "Killer" the Seal song. Do you remember? Um, you probably no. No. So Seal is it "Kiss from a Rose"? No, thank God. Um, uh, whoops. <laughs> what? Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. It doesn't no. matter. Kiss from a Rose. I don't yeah. get it. Someone pointed out on Twitter that like Kiss from a Rose makes sense if it's from the Batman no. song that Poison Ivy's in because she was the villain. But it's not from that Batman no, movie. No, but here's It's from thing. a different Batman well, he, movie no, where Poison Ivy I'm isn't sorry, even in it. Can I just say this though? But Kiss from a Rose on the grave. It's, it's like, on the gray. Oh, it's not mm. on a grave? No. It's on the gray. It's, it, to me, it sounds like a golfing I'm term. Like, to I don't me, know. Yeah, on the green. Yeah. To me, I'm like, it's the rose kissing the, the kiss, grave. Kiss from... If it was a grove, Here's I, what I it is. It a grave. It's a celebrity golf tournament with Pete Rose, <laughs> and he's kissing you on a part of the green that is gray. The gray. We've cracked it, guys. Okay, Remind wait. Remind me so of the kiss from rose on the gray. What's the seal? What's, what's so the there's song? a song called... Um, Killer? Yeah, it goes, um, so you want dun, 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 to be free. You don't know this song? This is No, but it sounds like George Michael's killing it right it's a great it song. Great, and it was it was a Damsky was his dance band, and Seal. That's how Seal got a record deal. But it was a massive hit in Europe, and George did a version of it, mm-hmm. very much like most of his covers. It was kind of better. So you He did have the ability to Ooh. take and take well, a song and sing. make it better. God, now I'm getting sad. Who can make the song better? Yeah, <laughs> George Michael did. The Whammy Man can. <laughs> the Whammy Man can. Come on. Come on. All right, last category. Maybe the most important. Does my mom know who George Michael is? You and obvious, obviously. You bet your sweets. Yeah, apparently moms and grandmoms in town. Every generation. Good God, my grandma. He's the kind of gay that, like, when I first came out, my mom would be, she'd be lost for words, you know, and so she'd be sitting down and she'd just be sitting there and she'd go, that George Michael's clever, isn't he? <laughs> you know, she was trying to let me know. Yeah. She understood. And there he's was only, creative. He's a really creative guy. And she'd yeah. talk about him and George Michael and then that was it. Uh, no, and, uh, Elton, Elton John. John. And that was it. She didn't know anyone else. All right. Yeah. It's time for the verdict, guys. Will, should George Michael be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will he be inducted? And if so, when? And we'll start with Kristen. All right. Here's what I have to say. Should George Michael be inducted? Y-E-S. Okay. That spells yes. Choose choose life for him in the hall. Um, Absolutely. I think he should. I... Like I said, Freedom 90 should just be inducted in an, in its own category. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, will he? Now, the big question is because, you know, he died. Correct. Um, and usually right around the time that someone dies, that's their best 
time. Was he eligible when he died? Oh yeah, for sure. Because he died. Uh, he died at the end of 2016. How long? Um, what was when? When did he become eligible? 2013. Okay, because usually right around someone's death is a really good time for them to get in. Um, yeah, although I, it's, it feels like it's been shifting a little bit from that. Yeah. Because we, we expected Soundgarden to be nominated right after Chris Cornell died, which they weren't. But instead, they just gave him his own tribute. I don't want to talk Weird. about it. Anyway, and like the same same with George Michael. It feels like a shift as they are trying to make this induction ceremony a big live event. It does feel like they're moving away from inducting artists who are dead. Okay. That's a, that's the sense I'm getting. And on to artists who won't perform. Um. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing is like, because <laughs> like, it, it, ev- nearly everyone who was, I think every act that was nominated this year could have played if they wanted to. Yes. Now, here, so I guess. Um, so anyway, uh, well, my I thoughts, I just think that George Michael, it's, I, I don't see it happening anytime soon. But I do see it happening. Like, I think it's going to be one of those ones where they'll look back. And I think like when he gets on the ballot, he will get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think that's going to be in like 10 years. And how do you get on the ballot? Uh, the nominating committee with the nomcom, which is a smaller group of people. Are you guys a nomcom? No. Oh, wish. Oh, no. Uh, no wishes. And I just want a bite of that hoagie. It's uh, like uh, industry experts. Okay. You know? yeah. and by that, it's like, and it's like record label. And record executives. It's just so basically critics. it's just Jimmy Ivan. Jimmy, he's been on the nominating committee. Hmm. He isn't anymore. It's like Questlove is on it. Uh, Tom Morello's on it. Dave Grohl. Um, and then some journalists. Questlove could get help Evelyn us. We, there. Questlove is a fan of George if, Michael. Yeah. Sure. Well, and I think he was very helpful in getting Hall & Oates in. He, he was. And, and so, Janet. And Janet. And I think so. I do think that that would be a good hmm. thing. I just feel like there are other artists that are higher priorities right now. That's why I'm going towards more the five to ten year mm-hmm. mark. Um, although it is good. I mean, I think having a gay artist is really important. We need more queer artists in the hall. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't see I just don't see the pressure get uh, on getting him in uh, being applied. Mm-hmm. That's why I think five to ten years. OK, um, that is my thoughts. Darren, what do you think? I mean, yes. I mean, he's one of the f- I mean, he he's one of the three people that taught me how to sing, really, just by imitating him. Um, and most male vocalists in pop would cite him or Michael Jackson uh, as as influencers, I think. Yeah. Certainly people my age. Um, eh, will he? I don't think so. You just think, don't think it'll ever happen? Well, I think just sitting here too, like really understanding the difference between how he is perceived in Europe, which is a god, mm-hmm. and how he's perceived in America, which is that there was this... Uh, his The consistency of his reputation is sort of untarnished, if not even he's immortalized not just because he died but there was something that happened it's almost like a knighthood that happens it happened to Elton John like if you stick around enough in England yeah so many British music musicians um really just admire him it, it, it just he he um graduated beyond the kitsch and the pop and everything it was like man that man that guy's got chops and yeah. it happened at mm-hmm. the Freddie Mercury tribute and it never went away right um, so in in England with the Brits and things, uh, he's a god. I don't know here. It depends. I, but uh, listen, George Michael fans would have to just like really just 
you know, it's how you get. How do you get that star on the Walk of Fame? You know, just get so a buy it. I found this. Out. Oh, you just buy it. Okay, you can just buy, buy it. it. They off, they one? offer it to you, and if you say yes, then you have to oh, buy wow, it. Oh wow, that's yeah. so funny. It's it's weird because they always offer it to people when they're promoting a film that isn't going to do well. That's uh-huh. I mean that's how it works. It's yeah. Often they'll they'll say no until like they feel like oh this could be I'll finally do it. Yeah. So that I can promote you know. Exactly. Ready Player One. J-Lo's uh-huh. got a residency. Suddenly she needs one. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who wouldn't want to see J-Lo live? I, yeah. Those vocals killing I'd me. Do it. Uh, <laughs> I want to see her dance. So I, sure. I, yeah, I don't know. I hope so. But I don't know if it'll happen. Wow. That's the truth. Uh, I know. And that's just. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think this is a first for the guest to uh, guess that. Oh, I guess maybe when we had like. When we talked about Prodigy or Sublime. <laughs> like or for Toto. example, would uh, no, because I do think that didn't Scott, Scott didn't, thought Scott that Toto, knew Toto would get in. Wouldn't get in okay. No, did Toto not get in? Toto, Toto won't get in. What? Toto, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> no, George Michael's getting in, and Toto Here's the is deal. not. Uh, I think George Michael should get in. I think George Michael will get in. He was too massive. Yeah, he was, he, he was massive in America. But Steve Picaro. I understand that, that Toto had studio musicians who were very talented, but the recording career of Toto is not Hall okay. Of Fame fair right. enough. Doesn't have the longevity. Uh, George Michael w- was, uh, even though it wasn't as big in the UK, he was extremely massive yeah, in America. He was big. He's too big to not get in. I think five to ten years is probably about right. It does seem like, especially for the people in the nominating committee, there's some priorities. Oh, it's got to not notification here of next year's nominees oh, oh look at that <laughs> oh george just got in that's so weird <laughs> incredible in. what's what's weird is that he could show up on the ballot next year and get in yeah it's well a, that's i do i think that when he shows up on the ballot i think he's got a good shot it's just somebody's got to really push for him in the room i think that's the, yeah that's my thing is not that i i mean i obviously i'm doing this show because i love him and i want him could, to could be a big advocate for him but well, you know, the the but story... But white British males are a dime a dozen in the hall. I'll say this. <laughs> Leon Russell was inducted in 2011 in a special category because more or less Elton John said Leon Russell should be inducted and everyone went, okay. God, Elton could have a lot of... Sw- Elton. I feel like if Elton wanted George Michael in, he could pull enough strings to at the very least get him on the ballot. Elton, if you're listening and we know you are... yeah. Because I think if, let's say, George Michael does get inducted, who inducts him? Who does the speech? It's Elton John, obviously. I think Elton John yeah. is the number one pick. Oh, my God. Do you remember um, when... Or it's Taron Egerton or whoever plays <laughs> him in Rocket Man. <laughs> Adele's version of Fast Love at the Grammys. That's why I was surprised that you no. guys didn't know it. Go and watch Fast Love. When he died, she sang this symphonic, sad version of Fast Love, and she fucks it up. And she goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she stops. She's like, I just can't, I can't, I can't. I have to do it again. It's George. I have to do it again. That's right. That's right. Oh, I remember this. Oh, I do this. remember yeah. that. And I it's the saddest, oh, most incredible God. version of the song. So oh. please let Adele sing his songs and not well, that's, Sam Smith. Well, that's what we're, uh, the next thing Ooh, that we're about Sam to. Not Sam Smith. I mean, that's the other, Ooh. like. The no, thing I is, just prefer women doing men's songs in a tribute. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Sam Smith would be in the conversation to induct uh, if they couldn't get Elton. I think or Sam Smith would be in the running to duet with Elton. Sam can do some songs on stage. I'm just saying, like it's like you compare and like he's got an amazing voice. I was like, let's just get Adele up there. But Adele, I think let's get Beyonce up there doing it. Beyonce, 
Beyonce. You, has she ever? Do you guys know if she's ever been on the record as a fan of George Michael? Because I know who has been, and it's Mary J. Blige. <gasps> I mean, really? I mean, they they do edit. They, they did, did duet the, as, as they did the Stevie yes, Wonder song, as. which is one of my favorite uh, yeah. Stevie Wonder Can songs. Also, George seven Michael, minutes long. George Michael wrote, "I knew you were waiting for me." I knew you. Come on. And right. he sang with Aretha, with Aretha Franklin. I know. And I and talked it, about this on the podcast once and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. But he yes. wrote a song that sounded like Aretha and he sang it. And I mean, come on. And it's like a sequel to Ain't No Mountain High. Enough. That song is so <laughs> good. I want to listen to it right now. I love that song. That you were video, waiting for me on that mountain. That is such a good song. If you can't get George Elton, George Michael wrote that song. Yes, I love entirely it. on his own. If God. you can't get Mary J. Blige, I feel like down the line it should be Mary that does it. Sorry, it's Mary J. Blige. Sorry, sorry, That'd Sam Smith so cool. and sorry Adele. You're off to do the, do at the very least do the tribute. You mean? Or yeah. maybe the speech too. Do the speech, maybe. Yeah. Look, I'm She's happy in whatever way you guys, because I know you're on the nomcom. <laughs> whatever, however you want to put it together, please consult with me before you uh, get that one. Wait, person. she did. She inducted. Oh, she yeah, inducted she inducted Nina Simone. Nina Simone, and she's done others too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think low on the list, but would be on the list to give the speech for George Michael is James Corden. I. How dare George, you? Here's the deal. We know. I'm. I'm thinking this like a bad rock hall induction. You. If you Why could put see this thought into the universe, face. Why would you do this? I'm very sorry. Why did you do this? Yeah, see, you would, just wrote that down, and now you've got a podcast about the rock and roll hall. Face. He would be in the conversation. He would. Oh. George Michael. Why do you think I'm here and not watching the Tonys right now? <laughs> Is he oh. hosting? Yes. I'm so sorry. Ugh. Um. George Michael did the prototype of carpool karaoke. I don't know if you know that. It was what? the first one. He was in a car with James. And it was when uh, James there. was hosting. Red Nose Day. Yeah, that was it. Oh, it was yeah. Red Nose Day. He gosh. was in. They did that before Corden had a show or was even in America known. And they just sang and they were driving around singing Wham. I didn't even Michael tell songs. you guys. You know, I met George a couple of times. Oh, my God. <gasps> and I sang one of his songs. I did a cover of... Um, uh, last, last Christmas, I wish. <laughs> uh, that's, oh, also, we didn't even talk about the. I mean, I guess that's from that's the a Wham, wham song. song. I'm just like that's a. But he was the he was the he was so incredibly shy. Like that mm-hmm. whole thing about like not wanting to be famous. I went to a party at his house once that was at his house, Whoa. and he didn't come out of the bedroom. He was so sh- paranoid and shy. He so had, you met him a different time, a couple of times. Yeah, I knew his husband. Ken, well, partner Kenny. Um, back, back, way back when, but mm-hmm. yeah, but I met him, and uh, it was in this is the most incredible thing. It was at Pavarotti and Friends, right? <laughs> and I, I know, I sang a duet with Pavarotti. Whoa! Right? Uh, and George sang a, a duet as well. It was him, Annie Lennox, and then obviously critical faves Aqua. <laughs> uh, Savage Garden and some other band in Italy. This is incredible. This is it was in 1998. Yes, I'm assuming. Okay. And I'm dying <laughs> because I obviously I'm happen. such a huge fan of George, and I'm dying. We've never really properly met, and he was so gracious. And he sort of we came over, and he said, "I'm not going to do his voice because it was so beautiful." But he basically said, "He said to me, you did a you did one of my songs, didn't you?'" And I was like, "Gulp, yes." And there was this awful pause, and he said, "I liked it." And I went, 
oh my god, and that was it. And then years later, I went to a party with his house, and I met him a couple of times. But he was such a lovely person, and it just mm-hmm. yeah. So thank you for letting me talk I'm about him on the yes, show. Yes, of course. And you know that stuff that came out after he passed was that he was so charitable completely privately yeah like he he gave away so much money to so many great causes and didn't tell anybody and it, that stuff all came to strangers out it just and so he would meet someone and just be like he would be that person that would just pay for their entire operation or like their their schooling or never just, ever yeah he was not a celebrity it was all real he did he just have like a stroke or something an aneurysm what happened it you know I was looking at it and it's he died young and yeah, it said natural he was only causes like 50 he had a something. heart essentially he died in his sleep he had a heart attack in his sleep right or cardiac I, I arrest don't know. Or, um, overnight I don't know it was sad he was very ill for the first the last sort of four or five years of his life he got incredibly ill and he had a f- he had a flu that turned into um, uh, went to his lungs what do you call like that? pneumonia there you go oh. and he almost died. How old? He was young. How old was he? 50... 56 or something. Oh my god! But yeah, Maybe he younger. almost died, and I think that gave him this new lease on life. And then he, you know, he toured and he did this symphonic album. And he wow. was on top of the world. He was he was doing great, and George, he just died. Fatty R. liver P. disease. What is what I'm getting? That's unkind. They should come. The up way with you a new said that it was almost that. like you're that. Hollywood psychic. I'm just going to keep trying to make that thing. <laughs> You're like, I'm getting. Does that? Does anyone? Does that make sense fatty, to you? Fatty liver, liver disease. Is that? Does that? It just doesn't make sense. Okay. Anywho. When? Uh, what are the three songs they play at the tribute when he's um, inducted? They. I think it has to be Faith. Yeah. You open with Faith. Really? Yeah. Faith. Oh, sorry. At the in- sorry, I'm thinking. I was yeah. Thinking somberly. Yeah. But no faith. I'm no. At the yeah. At the induction, I think you do Faith. You I do think Freedom you do Freedom ninety, 90 and Father Figure. And fa- Oof, maybe whoa. careless, maybe careless whisper. No, you do careless whisper. Yeah. I don't think Father Figure is is the one. I mean, I love that song, but right. I do not think it's a top. Three. I got to tell you, I I think if Quest were here, <laughs> and we know he is because he yes, listens in spirit. Quest <laughs> uh, would push for what up, Q? Uh, <laughs> he would push for uh, praying for time, and that would be that deep critical cut that people would be like, oh yeah, I that would it. be the one. Even that Joe would, would be like, oh, I remember. Yeah, that and that yes. would be the one that would be. Cut for time from yep, the, be cut from from the, the broadcast. broadcast. Damn, they have a cut for time. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. That Do you have be... a cut for time for this? Am I? Is this still part of it? It's oh, just yeah. got my own. Chris and talking. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, th- yeah, I I think that you, I think they could almost do because Freedom ninety is so long. And I think that's used, That's when you bring out everybody gets a verse. Then everybody joins the chorus. Members of Toto freedom. come out. Members of Toto <laughs> come out. It's their only time that they make it. Stevie the, comes out. Never yeah. break up a band. Yeah. It's like we're wrapping up all the callbacks. It's <laughs> but like I think that's what I think you end with Freedom 90. And I think it's like a yeah. big joyful mm-hmm. chorus of everybody. There. Yeah, I can hear that. Like that's what I See think. That? Or that's the what do you call it? The, the, the that's how they close, and that's the jam. But you know, the reality is that Joe Jonas will end up doing the tribute. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There, there will that's be it. weird choices. And I mean, listen, yeah. I have a, I have a thing for Joe. Yeah. Like. If it's one of them's good looking, I think it's him. I mm-hmm. think a couple. Of so I'm fine are. with that. Maybe I can object. I'm allowed. It's gay right? pride. I'm allowed to object to anyone I want. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you know, it's possible. But it would be him. That the tribute yeah. of George Michael will be performed by an artist who we don't even know about yet. Yeah. Because it's so, it'll happen so it'll far in the future. It'll be Justin Bieber. Because they haven't even been born. <laughs> they haven't it'll been born be yet. Has Justin Bieber been born yet? <laughs> I, uh, it, it will he's happen. He's being reborn yeah, through at the, every moment. Yeah, through the Church of Hillsong. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a loving church. Yeah, let's all, you know what? Here's <laughs> here's not. a few things we should it's do, guys. It's horrible. We should all get together and go to Hillsong, go to a service, guys, and sometime sing soon. Freedom. Bring bring the music of George Michael I to them. And then if if George Michael gets inducted in the Hall of Fame, will you join us at the induction? I will not let you down. I'll be there. Yes, I will. That was perfect. perfect. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so figures. much. Thanks yeah, for having me. This, this was, was awesome. A ton of fun. I'm so glad uh, you were able to uh, share your stories and your love of George Michael. It Thanks was for having truly me. I love your show. Awesome. Love you guys. Uh, so how awesome. can people find you online and anything you would like to plug? They can come to my house. I live on. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm Darren Hayes on Twitter and everything. It's easy to find Great. me. Yeah. Uh, you you know me. Our, we have not been have, giving our own stuff at the end anymore. But you know I'm K-Stud across all platforms. Great. Yeah, I'm at Joe Bye. K. Joe K. We are at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter. Uh, Rockhallpod at gmail.com if you want to send us uh, an email. If you want Kristen to see it, make sure to designate that. Yes, Otherwise, please. I'm going to read it uh, <laughs> by myself. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate and review us five stars only. If you're, leaving, <laughs> if you're leaving a review because of this episode, in the review... Make sure to say the word. I knew I loved you before I met you. That's not a word. <laughs> say the phrase. I kill it. I I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank uh, Mike Lloyd for the logo, Yusuke Kim for the music. We want to thank Pantheon Podcast for hosting us, uh, Joy Divine for the equipment, James Patterson, Chad Briggs for letting me record in the home that I share with them. Thank you again, Darren. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Stutter. And who cares? About the Rock Hall. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.